0: Oi the boys on footy prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature so keep the volume down if there are kiddies around and fa- thank you for listening oh let's go it is time to get this party started booty. Foodie, foodie. It's time to get this party started You know that we are the number one show So drop your fucking mitts and now it's time to go Cause it's the foodie booty. It's time to get this party started It's the foodie booty. It's time to get this party started With Johnny Jimmy Gregor, and the Jimmy J.C. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this party started tonight you're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily
3: footy fix. It's a long weekend. Happy long weekend, footy primers. Craig, Jimmy, Wonga, JC, how's the long weekend going? Not much happening, really, in the football world, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> the me 24 four. It started off yeah. with a bang. It started off okay, with a bang was- with me leaving my, uh, my bag on a sidewalk in Toronto.
3: Yeah. Can we can we regale that story? Because as hilarious as it is, it's equally as disturbing and worrying about you. Can you please tell the the primer audience out there just what happened to you this weekend?
0: So I, I am visiting family in Ottawa and I decided that I would pack up three or four bags because shoes need a bag and clothes need a bag. And I have a CPAP machine for all you ladies out there who find that
2: attractive
0: a <laughs> Darth Vader Wong. I know you guys love that. I know you, you women would adorn me with that. Um, so I have four or five bags that I have to pack. And I forgot the keys to my car the first time going out with one of my bags. And I left it on the sidewalk. Well, Dan Wong leaves things on the sidewalk and drives away. So I lost everything in my bag. It was my old Sportsnet bag, Craig. You may have had one at one point. I got two. My... Oh, you do? Oh, oh you, you got, can your one, And, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, all of my uh, medicine, all of my uh, clothes, my toothpaste, my overnight regalia.
1: So you couldn't get a heart on it?
0: <laughs> oh, <geez.
1: laughs> how, how long
0: did you go for? What do you mean? Like in Ottawa. I'm, long, I'm, I'm, I'm still long. in Ottawa. So the bag could still be there. Yeah. you Basically, someone has picked up, is wearing Dan Wong's clothes. There, there's someone in my neighborhood walking around with my clothes right now. So some guy and, wearing a plaid shirt. That's and lying. taking my gout magazine, uh, g- gout medicine, taking my, uh, <laughs> my uh, gout and ha- medicine. And having, and having a great sleep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they might even be in my house right now. May have left keys in there. Well, we, so, could we could
3: we could we um, could um, broadcast your address to the audience, and if anyone's close by, they could walk if it, by and see if the bag still there. Well, mm-hmm.
0: Craig offered. He said, "Hey, Wonger, I'll co- go by." And he goes, "Oh, f- I forgot. I don't have my car." <laughs> so that that did it for Craig. That was as far as Craig went for me. I don't <laughs> have my car. I realized he doesn't have his car, and I thought, "Oh,
1: well, this is my friend, Craig Forrest." <laughs> you should put it. I wasn't treat there too. Anybody What's that? fraction to last longer than four hours. Go to your car. <laughs> oh, my heart <laughs> on pills.
3: <laughs> hey, Craig, where's your car? It hasn't gone missing again, has it? No, Cheyenne's got it. Oh, okay. Okay. Because yeah. remember, last time you lost your car. And you thought it was stolen, but it wasn't stolen. <laughs> he reported it stolen. <laughs> that was amazing.
1: <laughs> we just found out that there is a uh, callback on it from a few months ago something malfunction with the key and driving off the road and crashing and all that kind of shit so probably okay. should have died a few months ago but so far so good yeah
3: and that's that's uh footy primes long weekend so far what stories they are craig got a call back <laughs> wonga left his bag on the sidewalk jimmy jc anything to to match those exciting stories
2: yeah i could tell you one thing i had uh i went over to a friend's uh he lives out in the, in the country and everybody knows i'm not not one for, for the, the country and camping and all that shit. <laughs> so they ended up lighting this bonfire, and I'm sitting maybe 10 feet away from it, and they've got these big pine crates that they're lighting, probably about seven of them. And I didn't know this, but I found out they use the cedar, cedar uh, leaves and all that, and it's like diesel. That stuff just lights it crazy. So as I'm sitting there, and the smoke's blowing, now I'm starting to get a little bit pissed off because I hate it. I'm like, oh, here we <laughs> go, smoke in my face getting dark, a little bit cool. And this spark comes out of this fire, lands on my good shirt and starts putting a hole in it. Now I thought I'm getting eaten by a bug or something, right? Fuck bugs. (laughs) Giving it one of these. And I look down, my shirt is on fire. Massive hole. burning my skin. (laughs) I looked at my buddy and he's like, you're on fire. I said, no fucking kidding. What's happening here? (laughs) Patting it all out. Everybody's laughing. And I went, that's enough. I'm out. Take me home, please. And I went home. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there a big hole in my shirt. What an absolute freaking wuss. Jesus. Yeah. Hole in your shirt and you you, you not to be driven home. I'm done. I don't like the outdoors. <laughs> my skin was sizzling.
1: <laughs> it's all part of the experience. Yeah.
3: It was a nice shirt as well.
2: i was so mad. Oh, was it like a like scooping shirt? V-neck? There actually was a V-neck. I'll
0: find it. I'll a burner. You'll laugh. Uh, the <laughs> negative he was wearing his cock and balls were out
3: <laughs> well listen i guess everyone's weekend can only get better at this point right so that's that's good good to hear um it's been a pretty good weekend for a couple of teams specifically man city and nottingham forest let's start with the champions shall we sorry jimmy we'll get to forest i promise let's start on man city uh, beating chelsea 1-0 they were crown champions course on saturday when when Arsenal lost to Forrest. But here we are. I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised. Um, There may have been a slight window of, what, a few weeks there where, I mean, I think I said, yeah, Arsenal are going to win this thing. They didn't in the end. City did it their fifth in six years. Uh, In the end, just just cruising to another championship. Pep says they need to win the Champions League to really become a legitimately great team, to be considered a great team. It's all about legacy and winning that Champions League, Craig. Is that something you agree with?
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, at this point. It doesn't mean they're not a great team and he's not done a fantastic job, regardless, even if he hasn't ever won the Champions League with Man City. Um, but you need to win the Champions League to, to cap off really what is an amazing season with Allen as well, breaking all sorts of records. And, uh, you know, really the changing. It was this five and six years they've won it? I remember last year, they were they didn't even play with a striker. So Not really. Not a legitimate one, no. Not legitimately with a legit, legit striker. But you look at Pep, just how he can change that team, bring players in. And remember, there was a part of the season when people were like, some pundits were giving it the old, oh, they're too reliant on Holland. Like, what? Yeah. Scoring a goal a game? Like, at least? Like, yeah. Okay. I'll be reliant on him too. But brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. They just... Absolutely grinded Arsenal down day by day, game by game.
2: Yeah. Their depth is unbelievable. Even at that match there, when you're watching the players coming off the bench, Haaland comes off, De Bruyne comes on. It was ridiculous.
3: Ridiculous. Do you think they'll win the trouble? Yeah. I do as well. I do. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're the big favorites in both games, right? Yeah. Inter Milan in the Champions League, United in the FA Cup. Finals, you know, their own kind of, you know, there's this weird, weird beast of finals. Strange things can happen, obviously, in 90 minutes or 120 mm-hmm. minutes. Penalties, right? But I just I just don't see anything other than a, a treble at this point. It would be a big, big shock for them not to get the treble at this point, put it that way.
1: They're in peak, is peak form too, aren't they?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's it, right? I mean, they rested nine players against Chelsea. Nine players, Yeah. The nine changes, right? There were 64 goals on the bench yesterday <laughs> it's more than more, it's more than chelsea <laughs> well harlan's got more than chelsea by himself right i mean it's just it's nuts what they've managed to do now we we should mention this if we don't we'll get in trouble by people on twitter um you have to mention the fact that they're facing all these fa charges uh before you give them any credit whatsoever mm-hmm. uh, and obviously this is from i think was it 2012 to 2018 i think it was yeah a- fair play irregularities I mean, yes, it's clearly a problem. It's in the courts. And if they get found guilty, mm. then we'll have to address it, right? But regardless, they're still a great team. Are there some, some murkiness to those numbers and how they built this team? Yeah, of course there are, 100%. And if they're found guilty, they should be hammered by the authorities. But until they are, I don't know what more we can really say. We can't say, oh, they are guilty because we don't know. I'm not a
1: forensic accountant, sorry. I'm sure there's a little shenanigans going on. Absolutely.
3: Well, I mean listen, when you when you you sign the big sponsorship, for example, for your stadium, right? Etihad, which is a company that you're in his own. own.
1: <laughs> right? It raises some eyebrows. Well it's like that'd,
2: take- that'd be fun doing that deal, wouldn't
1: it? <laughs> it's like the- sure. <laughs> taking it out of one pocket and putting it in the other pocket. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would love to do that deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can't lose, can you? Yeah. Here's a billion. So it'd be like... Oh, um,
3: a bit short.
1: <laughs> Maybe a little like more.
3: My, my pie company sponsoring Footy Prime.
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> Kind of, right? And he's probably not a $100 million deal.
1: Probably. Actually, nothing like it.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> $25. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know
1: what? We'll give you 30 how about that Yeah.
0: Charms, what the hell $35 Sharm's is uh negotiating with himself he's the two <laughs> spider men pointing at each other
3: you hey. I'm a married man of course i got to negotiate myself now and again
0: oh jeez <laughs> <laughs> go find my bag dick pills <laughs>
2: Get a stiff back
0: yep <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, okay, this, this Guard of Honor, right? So Chelsea getting a Guard of Honor. Have you guys ever been involved in a Guard of Honor by having to be the, the, the Guards of Honor as the champions walk through?
1: Uh, not like that, but for testimonials I have been, yeah.
3: But never for like a champion. It's going to be tough, right? Especially at Chelsea, who enter the t- this season think feeling pretty good about themselves, right? Oh. Thinking, oh, yeah, we've got a great manager. We've got great depth. We, we, we could give a run with City for the title now and then you fast forward eight months and you know they got onto their third third manager third manager new <laughs> one coming in um, not to mention the fact that they're in what 13th place is it 13th now I think they're in 13th place could be 14th for Leno at this point Uh it's kind of switched it's changed it was going to be pretty tough for some of those seasoned Chelsea players the new boys don't give a shit right who cares I know Gio Felix wasn't there today this weekend but um, for some of those seasoned Chelsea players, it's got to be tough. You're Raheem Sterling, for example. You're seeing your old team, you know, walk through.
0: Not easy. Eh. Why not? Who cares? They're 12th now? right now, too, Sharms. Oh,
3: my apologies to Chelsea. You're 12th. <laughs>
1: 13th. You don't
3: think the players give a shit, Craig?
1: No. No. Why would you? Like, that's that's a class team. You're, you're basically watching come up there. Yeah, you're... Yeah, doesn't mean nothing. I thought Edward Steams Sterling got pretty good reception too, right? I mean, yeah, he did.
2: I think if you're Chelsea as well, you're looking at that match and knowing how much money you've spent this season, and you're playing against Man City's reserve team near enough, and you're getting beat. Where does Chelsea go from here?
3: Like they are miles off. Well, you get a new manager, Pochettino comes in, right? Is yeah. that confirmed now? I think it's confirmed. If not, it's going yeah. to be confirmed. Yeah. What's his first job, Jimmy? If you're, you're Pochettino, you, you've been watching games now, right? You've had time off. You've, you've been following Chelsea closely. You're coming in. Obviously, it's summertime. there would be a little break. Yeah. What is your first job?
2: Well, you're going to have to put your wish list together, see whose contracts are up, who you, who
1: you can move. Who, <laughs> They're all on <who>, the long term. <laughs> they just spend a
2: billion dollars on them. Who Who you can move out and how you're going to sell some of these guys. Because that, I don't think that squad's good enough.
1: He's and going to run the pieces
2: in. He's what he'll, he'll, pieces
1: he'll run them. The preseason is going to be ridiculous. He's going to run them. And the expectations physically is going to be unbelievable. They're going to, that'll be the first thing he does. It'll be work rate
3: and fitness. He's renowned for that too, right? Here's that. Was it called yeah. the uh, GACO test or something? He does this weird thing. It's a bit like the, the beep test. Just even worse, apparently. Players hate it, but they understand that it actually gets them really fit uh, and they appreciate it in game situations.
1: Mm -hmm. But forget Chelsea can suck it. Nottingham Forest and Steve Cooper has done an incredible job saving Nottingham Forest. Gotta tell you. They stuck with their manager. West Ham stuck with their manager. Both teams are going to be safe. Other eight or nine managers have been fired in the bottom half of the Premier League. And what for? Like seriously, this manager firing stuff. If you got a guy that you really, really believe in, stick with him. Stick with him. if he's a good manager, he's a good manager. They just threw twenty-seven players at Steve Cooper and said, "Put this together in the Premier League." That's the toughest job there is. He should be oh, yeah. a player, the manager of the year, Jimmy.
2: Yeah, no, it's it was a remarkable job. Unbelievable. And you're right, and even 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 the owner came out and said, "He goes, we we made the right choice, sticking with with Steve Cooper." Yeah. He's done the job. And three I, months I, think, ago, I, I, I do think if they got rid of him and they brought somebody else in, they would have got relegated.
0: So, Jimmy, three months ago, you and Craig, I remember you <laughs> chose Ten Hag at the time. That was in uh, February. And Craig chose uh, uh, Arteta. Has your brain changed around manager of the year this year? From that two and a half months ago, three months ago. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where are you at now?
2: Where are you Steve at now, Cooper, Steve Cooper? Really, eh? Yeah, I think he's done an unbelievable job. Considering when they were in that relegation spot for ages, and then being clinical right towards the end there and getting the results. I think they got thirty, what was it, thirty points from from their home games, and only like lost, I think, two games or something like that at home. So their home record was amazing. They struggled on a row, but I think overall. I thought he, he's done an incredible job. And it's like what Craig said there. When you've got that many players that have come in and try to get them all to perform together, and you could see at the end of the at the end of the match as well, all the players running over to him, giving a hug. They respect him. Yeah. They probably know how difficult that job is for him. So, yeah, I think. It well, was let that. me ask
3: you this then: what What's the biggest surprise? Is it Forrest surviving, or is it Arsenal finishing second? That's a good question, Charms.
1: Well. That's Before the season point. started, they would have taken second. It's just the manner in what they did with leading it by so much. But there's also a big story with Brighton and Hope Albion making the Europa League, and that manager there. What a fantastic job Brighton had done.
3: That's a great point.
1: You know, and though, one, thing, been, about, yeah. one thing about Forest too, the timing as well, to play Arsenal, we're looking down the road at Forest's schedule going, holy shit, they got Arsenal coming up. Arsenal were basically dead in the water. They, they, they knew that they were finishing second and couldn't have had a better time to play the... You know, them going from total confidence to, you know, just dragging their asses to the finish line now.
3: Yeah. I mean, I tell you what, manager of the year, actually, usually I don't care about it. Do you? I mean, who cares? But there's some great contenders. Steve Gubber being absolutely one of them. deserve being one of them for sure. Even Arteta will get some some votes, and so he should, right? Um, What about Thomas Frank at Brentford? Second-year team, ninth in the table right now. Just brilliant. Um, Aston Villa. Unai Emery comes in. They're seventh now. Um, <laughs> That's Gary, Gary O'Neill at Bournemouth, right? Remember Scott yeah. Parker started the season as coach at Bournemouth? Yeah. And yeah. he goes, No know what? We just haven't got the resources or the squad to, to, to survive this year. Out you go, son. In comes Gary O'Neill, interim manager, becomes full-time. They're 15th now yeah. in the table. Mm-hmm. There's some really good, you know, choices here. I mean, Le hasn't been there long enough at Wolves, but they're a team in the relegation zone, thirteenth now, two points behind Chelsea. Roy Hodgson points in seven of nine games since taking over at Crystal Palace. Yeah, Silver Still Eddie Howe, Tom. Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe. Yeah, Eddie Howe. Yeah. 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 You know, we, we talk about all these gammers being fired now. It's bullshit. It's tough being a manager. There's a. Some really
1: good managers having great seasons in the Premier League this year. And if Pep wins the trouble, do you, I mean is that a foregone conclusion? How do you not give it to a guy who's in the trouble? If he wins the trouble, he
3: gets it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, then, you know what you think now, they will? You think they will? I think you, you have to, been, don't you, I guess?
2: You Have to.
1: Give him one just what he needs, another one. Hmm. Uh, well. The level of football City play is just insane. I mean, they are one team that if, as a neutral, I like watch them whenever they're on, whatever chance you have to yeah, watch City because the way they're, they're just unbelievable footballing talent.
3: Yeah. Well, I think the thing with City and Pep is that you could put any manager in that squad, right? And I think they'd be a very, very good team, right? There's no doubt, right? But I don't think they'll be as good as with Pep. What he does, he makes players better, right? He challenges them uh, he he mm. changes systems. He defines the way the game's played in, this, in in England, in in Europe over the years, right? John Stones, a, a centre half, is playing in the midfield. <laughs> Carl Walker, wing back slash right backs played centre half. You know these yeah. players redefine themselves. Haaland, like we said, you know Haaland, he was playing great. The team was struggling though for a part of this season, right behind Chelsea. And like I said, some idiots, Craig. some idiots said they were better without him. Don't know who those people were, but they're idiots. <laughs> um, but we, those idiots did say, well, but it's Pep. He'll figure it out. And guess what? He figured it out. And now I think you got to say City is as good as we've seen in English football. And that's including the, the great invincible team of Arsenal and the, the Fergie mm-hmm. dominant teams. I think City would be nose to nose, if not better than those teams. Don't you?
1: Absolutely.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're amazing to watch.
1: Although we, we do get caught up in the, in the, You know, recent bias, I guess, as well. Yeah, of course we do. Yeah, that's what we do as sports observers. Mm -hmm. Arsenal,
3: by the way, they they led for 248 days, first place. Now, this is interesting because we took out how great City were and they were and, you know, City deserving champions. But Arsenal, in the first half of the season, 50 points, 50. All right, they're going to win the championship. The second half, 31 points, right? If, If Arsenal hadn't have crumbled... And they crumbled. That loss to City late in the season wouldn't have mattered, right? And they would be crowned champions maybe this weekend, maybe earlier. So, as great as City was, and was it twenty? Is it twenty-four games in a hop now at the home with wins, something like that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, regardless of what City did, Arsenal did drop points and they lost it. In which case, we're not saying Pep's going for the treble. We're not saying Pep's, you know, aren't going to be the greatest ever in this country.
1: Yeah. Over 38 games, it just seems the cream rises right to the top just every single time. Very, very rarely that's not the case. When they hold on, hold on, hold on, and everybody thought they were going to give it up, and they didn't. That was Spurs' best chance to win something for a long time.
2: You know I'm going back to Arsenal's little run there. and I think it was April 6th, and they played. This is when it all kind of went pear-shaped. No, April 9th, they played Liverpool. They drew 2-2. Then the following weekend, they played West Ham, drew 2-2. Then after that, they drew with Southampton 3-3. And then they played Man City and lost
3: 4-1. That was it, wasn't it?
2: That was it. Yeah. That was a nine points that
3: they lost right there in that little, that little spell there for over that couple of weeks. And the, did they come back to tie Liverpool 2-2 in that one thing? They were down 2-0 and they came back. Yeah, no. They were up like, they were up. They were up sorry, sorry, they were up 2-0. Sorry, that's right. Sorry. Came back. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, at Anfield, right? Yeah, they're up. So, I mean, they, they, they win that one. And then the next two games, which they should win, I mean, listen, with respect to Ham- the Hammers and, and to Southampton in particular, you go got to win those games. Then we're talking about a very different narrative. Yeah. It's a long season, like you say, right? It's a long season. To be that consistent. And, and City dropped their points earlier in the campaign. And people will say that points is worth the same in... In in September as they are in May, and yeah, of course they are. But I'm sorry, dropping points early in the campaign is a lot more serious than dropping them late in the campaign.
0: Sharms, why did you pretend that you didn't know that Liverpool came back? <laughs> why, why did you ask that question? We know it's indelibly. <laughs> burnt in your
3: brain that they came back in that match. Well, no, because I think at that point in the season, I just uh, dismissed Liverpool. It's been a shit season. They're gonna finish, you know, outside European spots. You know, given up, and then they put this run together and they 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 brought the hope back. And then they dropped points. I to
1: remember that game because I think Charm's turned it off. Like I think he was like, Nah, I've done.
0: <laughs> oh, that was one of those, right? I hate <laughs> Klopp. Get rid of him. Yeah. No, I haven't said
3: that. No, <laughs> I haven't got that far. Great year though, isn't it? But yeah, Forrest surviving. I mean, that that game, Gibbs White, is he a player of the year, Jimmy, or would he give it to Brennan Johnston? I mean, both of them have been superb, but Gibbs White, this kid's gonna be a superstar, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he's he's amazing. He covers so much ground, he's so good driving forward with the ball. There's some he's a great player. What a signing he was, and he's only gonna get better. And same with Brennan Johnson, though. Brennan Johnson, he's rapid, he causes havoc down those flanks. He's such a great player to watch. But that, uh, for me,
3: yeah, Gibbs-White. And the scenes post-match there. I mean, that city ground has been just a great place to watch football all year long. And uh, I think they're, they, I mean, a lot of Forest fans were losing faith, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Tough running, including this Arsenal get match. Oh, well, there's the zero points in that one, right? And, you know, you're you stave off relegation and you're safe in the penultimate weekend. It's just uh, amazing. Uh, Leeds very much in the mix to go down, of course. We should mention Leicester's playing later today against Newcastle. Uh, so obviously much can change maybe by the time you listen to this podcast. But West Ham beat Leeds 3-1. Big Sam hammering his subs in that one, saying they have no impact. And he says that, uh, you know, it's good to see because now we have a good a better idea of what needs to be done, essentially, this summer. <laughs> I think he wants to be there for next year. There's more chance of Sam being there. Next year in the league championship, then if they win survival, and, and they go out for a bigger name.
1: Oh, that's a, no. yeah. Good question. Probably, probably right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good uh, point. But if you save them, I think there's a chance they might keep keep a hold of them. But what a change in you know styles of managers. They went from they, they went. To let to, I, I love watching play. They were fantastic to watch. To yeah, we know what Sam's all about, and you know. But now they're just losing games and not even fun to watch anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Although that that opening goal, the Rodrigo volley from a throw-in, how, that was pretty sweet, wasn't it? Mm, Typical yeah. big Sam, just launch it in there into the mixer. Uh, see what happens, and somehow Rodrigo was wide open. That was a nice finish.
1: It was. But, you know, at the end of the day, West Ham, a few weeks ago, another club that's been, you know, Moise has got to go. He's got to go. Week after week, they're calling for his head. And they stuck with him. And then in the end, you're like, yeah, European final, this conference final, it's fantastic. The club's buzzing about that. By the way, did you see the the violence at that game when the ultras for Alkmaar attacked the family? Nosy. Didn't we talk about that on Friday? We did a little bit, yeah. Yeah. It's, crazy. And then, <laughs> it's but Nolsey, it, There was another guy too, a big heavyset guy that uh, was just laying guys out one after another. Well, the big guy, the big guy with the, the gray hair, right, that was that was the uh, that was Nolsey. Yeah, that was the, guy guy that... the, top, the guy at the top of the stairs was another guy. Right, okay. Well, they're both at the top of the stairs, but just different sections trying to just use that as the best point of defense because they could only come at them pretty much one, one at one and they're just, Literally, kicking them in the nuts, laying them out, flattening them out.
3: It reminded me of Star Wars, right? When you get all these stormtroopers who look really intimidating in these cool outfits, you know, getting the shit kicked out of them by like two people. It was like Star Wars. (laughs) All these
1: balaclava (laughs) idiots. These are probably just old, uh, you know, inner city firm guys, and they're like they're in their sixties, and they're just laying out (laughs) these teens like for fun.
3: Yeah, yeah, nothing to lose. Ragdolling them. I, know. I don't know what Nosey's his history is, whether he's got any association with uh, old no. firms.
1: I don't, no, no, he hasn't, right? Not, he does not. Okay. He's really kind of shy about it, really. I've seen an interview, and there is a couple of Twitter handles where people are saying they're scams because this man will never have a Twitter handle ever. So <laughs> don't follow this guy because it's not him. He doesn't care at all. He doesn't see himself as a hero at all. But. He probably saved a, you know, a lot of people getting hurt because that's what they're trying to do. They all put these hoodies on, you know, and just it, it's just, it was sickening. There's a lot it of shit. sickening things, yeah.
3: Yeah, when you see, I mean, there must have been, what, 50 of them, In the, those guys in, in the masks and the hoodies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen more and more of this, it seems, in the last few months, whether it's coming back to the game, I don't know. Alkmaar's had an issue for a long time. Dutch football in general, actually. That's had yeah. a, a real issue with, with hooliganism for a, a long time. Yeah. They might want to
1: reorganize. They were shit.
3: Yeah. I know. the Lovely story, right? All the money ball and all this, right? And, uh, well, yeah. it, turns out, it turns out. Do you
2: know what makes me laugh, though? Like these guys, you know, when they go to fight like that, they're in the stands. They're watching the game. say 25 minutes, whatever it is. And, and then all of a sudden the hoods go up, the scarf go on, and then they go fight. Now, are they that stupid that they don't know that they've been already watched? There's cameras <laughs> that are, know exactly where they are in the stadium, and the police can actually go back and be like, that's you, you numpty. We just know you put your head up and your, and your scarf on. They know exactly who they are.
1: I would hope they have cameras. Maybe they don't in the hall, some grounds in Holland. And they do in England, but I wonder, though. The girls is probably not as smart as human beings to begin with, right? If
3: you're going to start a fight at a football match, you're not the smartest human being to start with. Kind of scum of the earth, really, aren't you? Let's be honest here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elsewhere this weekend in England, we mentioned Brighton making the Europa League for the first time. European football for the first time. That's amazing, by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, good for them, what they've done. Uh, We'll see what happens this summer. Uh, McAllister is reportedly gone. Whether it's to Liverpool please, Liverpool, please be Liverpool, please be Liverpool, please be Liverpool, or Arsenal or someone else. Casado <laughs> um, K- could be on his way out, but you know they're going to sign players we haven't heard of who are going to be brilliant. That's what they do.
1: Um, I they mentioned Liverpool that charms. They will do that until they until they make mistakes. I mean, it's we see this happen before with clubs, but it's difficult. They're going to get torn apart again. They sell players and they do bring in very good, but you can never sustain a position in Europe in the Premier League by doing that year after year. You just can't.
3: There's, there's stories this morning about De Zerbe. Um Now, Napoli's an interesting situation in, in Italy right now and that Spalletti and De Laurentiis, the owner, don't seem to get on too well. Um, his contract's up, but there's a two-year option for the club to re-sign him. And uh, De Laurentiis has been saying some weird things in the press about clipping wings and allowing people to f- you know, fly free. And split is saying, I have no idea what he's talking about, you know, um, but I'm out of contract. So there's been talk about De Zerbi going to Italy with Napoli. Um, there'll be other rumors about De Zerbi within England, I think. Uh, I hope he stays where he is from a selfish standpoint because his teams play brilliant football. And I want to see what they do in Europe with a bit of money behind them.
1: Or do you take an opportunity like him as a coach to say, okay, we're going to get torn apart. There's no way I can play that football at that same level again. Uh, very difficult. And take a big Italian job. Maybe. But I mean, he had, look at the pressure on if, Napoli's if, next coach, if it's not Spalletti. You, you say they have a two-year option in Brighton?
3: No, no, no. Uh, Napoli have a two-year option to, to re-sign Spalletti. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I think the next, if it's not Spalletti, whoever walks into that job in, in Naples, I mean, mm. you want to repeat that? You want to repeat this season? <laughs> Good I luck. Know. Yeah, exactly. He's dominated. It's tough. I think he's probably better off where he's staying. deserve Zerbi, but we'll see. Hey, listen, Napoli would be a draw, too, and going back home, you understand why, but um, there will be a managerial merry-go-round as always this in, in the summertime. Poor um, Insigne, but- eh? Poor Insigne. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to the senior in a bit. George. We've got a lot of TFC to talk about in today's show. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, quickly, uh, Bobby Firmino, his last game at Anfield. Do you see his tears post-match? He, he he loved it there. They loved him. They drew points with Villa, which is a it's a bad result given that you know you want to stay keep the heat on United for that last Champions League spot. But I think it's all but done now with with United beating Bournemouth one nil. Yeah, but. Bobby Firmino brought some color to the Premier League, that's for sure. He was fun. If he's leaving the Prem, I don't know where he's going, but if he's leaving the Prem, um, he lit it up with a smile, didn't he? <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I thought it was a good joke personally, but uh, I guess you guys didn't. So we'll, we'll move on. Clops, Christ. Tough crowd this Monday morning. <laughs> Jesus. Clops, was wondering- Amy.
1: Oh. Clops, was that where great- he- Bob's well, wondering whether he's going to take his dentist or not. <laughs>
3: <laughs> They've apparently signed a new sporting director or about to. Some some guy whose name I can't pronounce from Germany, veteran guy who's retired, came out of retirement, highly rated. So. Sorry, it's what does that mean?
0: What does that mean uh, as far as a sporting director? What do they do? I'm always. Well, in, in Liverpool's case, um, club
3: has the power. Most clubs, I think the sporting director has a power over the manager. They'll oh, dictate who, who to sign, but essentially they determine who they want. He goes out and tries to sign them.
2: Yeah, your and sporting it, director is essentially your GM. Oh, okay,
3: right. okay.
0: that makes yeah. sense.
3: Uh, so yeah, it'll be a fascinating summer. Um, we should get to um, Spain here. Real Madrid tied Valencia one-one, and I'm sure you've seen it on on social media. The Vinicius Junior incident uh, racial abuse not just from one fan he was just hammered throughout the game to the point where he's in tears um, and, and as per usual in Spain it's dealt with terribly appallingly um, and he stays on he completes the game but he hit well within his rights to, to walk off the referee in my opinion was well within his rights to stop that game and get the players off the pitch but again it doesn't happen and uh, the fallout continues with the La Liga presidents going at it with Vinicius Jr. on social media. Basically, saying, listen, you had a chance to speak to us about this in meetings, and you didn't show up. He's actually turned it on Vinicius Jr. The guy's been racially abused throughout the season. And it's not just him, right? In Spain, if you're black, you're being racially abused. It's, it's pretty straightforward, but nothing mm-hmm. gets done about it. Um, these are We've seen some really bad scenes this season in particular. This is a, amongst the worst we've seen.
1: That was incredibly hard to watch. It really was. Um, but there are protocols. Forget it for the fact, and there's there's the other side of it, that I can't believe one player on either side isn't just say this is enough, like just unite and walk off. That's another story in itself. But there is protocols from FIFA that uh, the referee uh, can make an announcement, stop play, make an announcement. If it continues, you stop play you leave the field for 15 minutes and you resume play after that if they come back out and it continues then it comes to the step where you actually stop play completely I don't think any steps were made certainly no stoppage of play so all in all it was a failure by every way and I don't know if you saw Ancelotti's interview after as well he was brilliant because he wanted to talk about the game he's like you want to talk about the game No, no, let's talk about this. This is a problem. Um, And he would have been in within his rights too, you know, to say, listen, referee isn't following the protocol. So we're going to take it from step one right to step three here, and we're going to walk off. And I don't think anybody would have, you know, shown anything but respect and doing something like that.
2: You'd think as well the ref and the captains would have got together and said, enough's enough. Let's get off this pitch.
1: Let's do the protocol. At least the referee can say, let me do the protocol. Make the announcement to the crowd. Remember, this happened with Mexico recently. And it didn't get to the third step, but the game was stopped. And the announcement for 15 minutes, and the announcement was made. Because of the chance. Yeah. Yeah. Chance. So, fortunately for Mexico, it didn't get to it. But they pushed it almost to the fact, I thought they were going to get there. Because I couldn't see the fans stop doing it. But. That's how close this got in uh, CONCACAF too. And yeah. here's the thing right? Well, I mean, people say, and rightly so, um, when, you, when you
3: see it in sports, it's just a, a microcosm of a societal problem, which it is. But within the context of sport, you can affect change. You can do something about it, right? Sadly, in society, it's very difficult because it's so deeply ingrained in some parts of society. And in a football arena, you can stop the actual event itself as a protest, and you can single out those people, and you can ban them for life, and you can ban that team from having home games in front of crowds. You can make a real statement, right? But it, they just don't in certain parts of the world, right?
1: Mm-hmm. They don't, I, I, and it, it's hard to single out people because the whole the whole stadium is doing it. Yeah, like fuck. What are we talking about here? Like it's just absolutely sickening stuff. Have have you guys, Craig or Jimmy,
0: ever been witness to any of that in the Prem or in uh, England? Hey,
1: or... England's got a side of it too, and most countries in Europe tend to. there some are just worse than others. But when we follow in that Europa League, when you're seeing, you know, teams from Hungary and mm-hmm. you know, Serbia, Croatia, Italy, Spain, England, it's like Scotland. Like it's happening everywhere at certain levels. They just stricter about it. It seems.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the bottom line is in, in the Premier League, for example. Yeah, there's isolated incidents. It happens, right? And and it's not dealt with probably there either. But it's just not mm-hmm. to the same extent as you're seeing other leagues around Europe. Yeah. It's just not. That's not like, saying England as a country has got massive issues, right? But I'm removing that for a second. Within the Premier League specifically, compared to La Liga, compared yeah. to Syria, um, as yeah. much as it's not perfect, far from it, it's not as as bad. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they. You know, the the
2: Spanish incident where they kind of just want to brush it under the carpet like it didn't happen. But in today's society and world with social media, you can't brush things under the carpet because it's everywhere. And so you've got to address it head on.
1: Now, there is also the side where, you know, football isn't responsible for, you know, changing, well, being responsible for, you know, cultural problems. Uh, around the world, but they certainly can play a part. And they 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 certainly from a a signage point of view, you know, no to racism, they throw all these things out, but they certainly aren't doing enough. Um, and all the black players I play with, you know, Rio Ferdinand has been very open about this after this incident as well. Ian Wright, these former black players, they talk about it. It's still continuing on and on. And until they actually snap down on it, really snap down. But I think they're so afraid that if they do, there's going to be hardly any football. There's going to be just going to be empty stadiums everywhere, like because it's rampant. It's, it happens every single weekend. So. Yeah.
3: Well, it's Vinicius Junior just- this morning has being linked to moves outside of Spain um, because of this. he's kind of had enough. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll see. That's just r- the rumor mill churning. You know, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> for him to leave Real Madrid. Um, would be a statement. That's a damn sure <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if, if that was a reason. But we'll see what the authorities do. You know, La Liga have a very poor history in, in dealing with this, as does UEFA. Very poor, that laughable history in dealing with it. So we'll, we'll see what the next step is. But it will continue again next season, unfortunately, unless they really come down hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Germany, Dortmund's in first place, by the way. Did you see that? One game left next weekend. Oh, Dortmund. Dortmund are about to stomp all over the dynasty. That is Bayern Munich. How much fun's that, that?
1: That's a great story. How many Bayern won in a row? 10?
3: 11? Yes, yeah, 10 or 11 is up there. I think it's 2012, the last time Dortmund Shoot. won. I think it's around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. I, mean, I don't mind a dynasty myself. Personally, I don't mind a dynasty. You know, if it doesn't go on forever, ever, but it's good to have that <laughs> that that big bad beast, right? That you can't beat. It's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they get dethroned, it's a big story. But ten or eleven in a row is a bit much. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yes. Was well, a Celtic one again in Scotland, right, Jimmy? And and that yeah. was
2: yeah. It's like Scottish football, isn't it? it?
3: Twelve and thirteen, or something like that. Something that yeah. crazy.
2: You're just dying to see somebody else win it once, aren't you? Yes.
3: Oh, thank God. Rangers won it for a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Christ. 50. Then you want to say, oh, my God, Greenock Morton, well done, finally. Yeah.
2: Well, what was, what was it, it? Was it like 89 was the last time, and it was Aberdeen that won it?
3: Fergie's, uh, well, no, 80, 85, wasn't it? Is it wasn't 85? It, wasn't it Fergie's no. Aberdeen? Wasn't it it, it might have been, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. right. Hmm. Well, let me talk. i have a quick look here. Let me have a mm-hmm. quick look here. All right. Look at that stuff. One fill guy fill the dead air.
0: When was the last time another team besides Dortmund or Bayern won the Bundesliga?
3: I think we just discussed that, didn't we? It
0: was in Wolfsburg, was it? It is, no, it was, yeah. It was, Very well done. It's Wolfsburg? Yeah, Wolfsburg in 2009. I was just. I thought Dortmund won it in 12. No, I 11. said other than Dortmund and. Oh, other uh, than Dortmund. Okay. Gotcha. Other than Dortmund and Bayern. Yeah. Was that Wolfgang Wolfs, Wolfsburg, wasn't it? I, well, geez, I don't know that. It's <laughs> so a little three. too much for me. I think it was. And then in 2007, Stuttgart won. When did Werder Bremen it was, win it? Because Werder Bremen won it with Stoly. 2004, Werder Bremen. Yeah. 2004. And they won it. What's that, Craig?
1: That was was obviously the last time Werner Brandman won it as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one, God, it's really not a lot of teams. The other one in 1998, uh, Kaiserslautern in 1998.
3: Good team back in those days. Okay, here we go. I'm trying to find the last time. Uh, I think it was 85. uh, So Aberdeen won 84-85 with Fergie. Of course, they won the European Cup too, right? Beat Real Madrid. You don't. Actually, he went back-to-back, Fergie. And then prior to that, Dundee United have won it, and then it was Celtic. Um, hmm. But apart from that, yeah, Rangers, it's just oh, – Jesus Christ. You got to change this up, boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you really have to Celtic, well, rank? one, two, three. Four. Rangers weren't even in the mix
1: for years. Well, of their-
0: I, I, my question to, to you guys is how average are all these other teams? Are they not good? Are these sides just not good enough?
1: No, they're not good enough, they're even close.
0: No money Say, well, Are like they? Are they almost semi-pro? Like th- no. I want to know that level. Like, are they? Are they MLS teams? Are they? You know CPL teams. Well, yes, what are we talking at,
2: about? Look now? at it this way: <clears throat> the best Scottish players are either playing for Celtic or Rangers. Mm-hmm. And if you're a top town, that's at another club. You're in England, and all. Yeah
1: yeah that's where the, the yeah. best part and, and even are. like even lower the division what's yeah. that yeah even the you... Celtic pay very you know quite well let's put it that way their budgets are extremely high compared to the rest of them the rest of them are I couldn't even tell you what their budgets are but they're so obviously more than CPL at 800,000 <laughs> but um yeah they even those those teams i mean they would snap at the chance to, to go to the second division in the in the championship oh, because so those you, guys are paying you know a few million bucks a year for players down there and you're not making that at St. Johnston
0: Yeah, so you're so talking I, you're talking like Wrexham third division kind of thing these teams not end L- L- t- league, no. league
3: championship league 1 nope. before you're playing for like a Dundee or an Aberdeen these days you, you'd be doing that wouldn't you for sure league championship for sure <laughs> mhm mhm yeah. yeah, I mean, listen. They still they fill a lot of those stadiums. They're smaller stadiums. You do wonder what the future is. You know, would the whole talk of Celtic Rangers if they went to English football in their pyramid, there, whatever division, would that benefit Scottish football or would it hurt Scottish football?
1: It would benefit. Well, it would benefit those two clubs, and obviously the, the league itself would be. But that's never happening. They're never coming to the Premier League.
3: No, no, I know they're not. But if they if they did, with an Aberdeen or a Dundee who suddenly has a spot in Europe, for example, because they're winning the Scottish Premier League, does yep. that help slowly build the, the foundation of Scottish football very slowly, or would it cripple it, losing the two biggest clubs? Well, I mean, from a TV d- standpoint, no one's watching that league otherwise.
1: No, they're not watching it anyway.
3: That's hmm. true.
2: But you think, Brady, if you're – you know, an Aberdeen or Hibbs or whoever, you know, at the beginning of the season, you're not winning the league. You're not winning the league. So you go in there to support your team, hope you have a good season, but realistically, you're not winning. So if Celtic and Rangers weren't there, at least you got an opportunity to win it, win the league, get into Europe. I think it'd be more exciting for the other teams.
1: Now, if they do well in Europe, they would have to do well because then it, you know, if it's, Depending on the the strength of the league, if they don't do well, then you're playing a you win the league. Then you're playing a pre qualifier to get in, you know, which yeah. they they do often now in, in Scottish football, the Europa League and such. But it is what maybe it is. You need a, maybe five, other... five million people live in Scotland, it's the size of Toronto. It's and, tiny, uh, yeah. It's it's actually quite amazing they have as many teams supported as they did.
3: Yeah, it's true. Incredible. But
1: I mean, look at a Belgium,
3: for example, tiny country. As well, look at the quality that comes through Belgium,
1: Mm -hmm. Holland. Rangers and Celtic were the best chance they would ever have, is if they got they got brought into the discussions about a European Super League.
3: Yeah, almost that second tier Super League, which has been discussed for a long time. Right, forget there'd be basically be actual leagues of like Portugal, Scotland, Holland, not France, perhaps Belgium, them going together on something. That's been yeah. discussed, right? Which is interesting, isn't yeah. it? You know, outside the top echelon, would that help those countries? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, regardless, Celtic champions, they're they crowned, what, about a month ago now, wasn't it? It's was a while back now. TFC, uh, a team that isn't going to win, you know, just going out there, support your team, <laughs> do the best you can. Wow. not It's not just how they're losing right now, but it's, well, it is how they're losing, more than just the losses, right? Because there aren't that many losses, not many, that many wins. Lose to Austin in injury time, Um, 404 minutes now without a goal for TFC. Insigne didn't start in this one. We don't know why. Might not be an injury. Don't know. Post-match, Bernadeski, who was hauled off, what, with half an hour left or thereabouts? Um, Here's his comments. Um, He said in the press conference, uh, we don't play. We need to have a little bit more tactics. We need an idea of how we play. We need maybe something different. Boom. Them some strong words. And I'm pretty sure they're pointed at one guy, aren't they? The manager, surely. There's big problems at TSC
1: at the moment. It's falling apart at the seams. That's not, never a good sign. It's a, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, most footballers have given the opportunity. They're not going to take any of the blame themselves. You know, point the finger somewhere else and the opposite direction as well never like that about somebody pointing the finger at anybody or talking about that publicly. Yeah. It seems In- he's In- a foot to injury, right? Foot injury apparently with senior, but I don't know what's going on with him. They're going to end up paying about a million bucks a goal for him. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, what does your gut tell you right now? I mean, you've
3: been at that club, you played at that club, um, It's dysfunctional, clearly, at the moment. Now, injuries are still a valid excuse in many regards, right? I mean, 10 injuries. No, Hedges came back this past weekend, which is something. Um, But do you get a sense that there's something – is change coming there, like, very soon?
2: Yeah, I I think it has to. Um, Look, there's there's no doubt there's issues. We've seen it. You know, the players arguing with the fans. The fans are fighting in the stands, having brawls after matches, and, and now players are publicly coming out saying that tactically they don't know what they're doing. And We don't work on this, these sort of things in training. We're just out there just playing. So when it gets to that point where they are right now, yeah, there definitely has to be a change. I'd imagine that in-house they're probably having some very strong conversations, uh, especially with the board, trying to figure out what their, their next moves is. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, Craig's right. You know, players always tend to point fingers and the players are saying things, but uh, the easy option for a club is to fire the manager rather than try to fire a whole team. And the players do have more power at times than what a
3: manager does. When a manager's son is captain, though, doesn't it make it harder? Yeah, I do. It does, right? I mean, the more yeah. awkward. I'm not saying oh. they won't do it, but yeah. it's going to be extremely uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. yeah. My dad is can beat up your dad.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when when Mr. Bernadeschi comes in and takes over the yeah. team it'd
1: be really awkward. <laughs> that, that is awkward. The problem your dad is, is shite. The problem is they're so busy with the you know getting this Raptors thing sorted out, getting this Toronto Maple Leafs sort of thing sorted out. And then there's a long weekend and all the bosses are at the cottage so they're probably not meeting until maybe next few days. Um, and whether they want to do anything with Toronto see at this moment. I know they don't. Obviously, that's clear that they don't want to fire Rob Bradley, but it's just every single game where it's just something else is building and building and building and something's got to give. We said this a week, two, three weeks ago. So,
3: friend of the show, Jeffrey Neska, um, he, he tweeted out this. Uh, Listen, we all love Feta, It's Bernadeski. But does he have his coaching badges or literally any experience in the front office of any club? He's a player. His vision is myopic. Everyone here is taking his take as gospel, and boy, oh boy, it isn't. He's got skin in this game. Bang on, right? You know, well, the, under the fans, the fans love to jump on the player's side, and I, I get it. And, and maybe he's got a very good point here, Bernadeschi. But it isn't quite that plain sailing, right? Bernadeschi knows he's got the fans on his side, and he can apply pressure. But what does he know really, apart from playing football? He doesn't.
1: Well, no, just the fact that I know, I know some of these guys, i have play with managers too, that are so brilliant that you're, you, you know the next guy comes along and just, he's, yeah, he's not in that class. But you still, Bob Bradley is a good coach. He's proven he's a good coach. Um, and I'm sure tactically he's well aware of what's going on. But he's having a hell of a time getting this team with the injury problems that they have. And then with the attitude of some of these star players, not it doesn't bode well. Well, the other Jimmy, thing, too, Gregor, I was thinking, uh, sorry,
0: uh, the, you know, when you guys are talking about the prem and the the pressure to get rid of these managers, if Bob Bradley was in the prem and he had this long term vision and this building process for TFC, right, you would you would probably be saying, hey, let's let's watch the progress. Let's see what's happening. Has it passed that zone, though, where it looks just disheveled? Like, this is yeah. not a place that is happening right now.
1: Yeah, I think generally, I think the patience by the, the supporters is, but was there last season mm. and that there were some weak links and they needed to address them. And then they were addressed, they thought, and um, now other issues are popping up. and Well, still 12,
0: 13 dudes. Injured still too. Yeah,
1: right? yeah, and with a couple results, uh everything would change. That a couple results, wins, they're they're back in the playoff picture. Like they're right in the playoff picture. There's so many teams make it for current. Yeah, season.
0: well, look at Montreal. Right, they started off. I mean, they have the craziest record. There's no draws. I don't think they've drawn. It's either like win lost i think they're five and seven five and eight or something like six and eight yeah, they
3: lost again this weekend they're now uh, yeah.
0: they're just two points up on tfc right you
3: know right. i know they lost this weekend but oh, look at montreal good for them they're two points up on tfc things aren't that sunshiny there yeah, yeah. But, i mean jimmy jimmy you know ownership there you know ownership at tfc um what 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 do you think happens here so you got your star star, two star players making a shitload of money not getting on with the manager who's in the second year of a long-term deal and has a long-term vision, which he sold to ownership. Yeah. What happens? Is it status quo for a while or is it going to be a move soon? I
2: think there, there will be a move soon. I think so. I think there, there has to be. Um, you know, sometimes when it gets, when it goes on for too long, um, you know, maybe maybe Bob's lost the players at the moment and that's why they're coming out and talking publicly. Bernadeschi, you know he's he's used to winning he's played under some fantastic managers and now he's in a situation where he just doesn't feel things are are right and tactically aren't right um and for him to to even talk about on the training pitch that they they haven't been doing certain things um it's it's got to be addressed and i definitely do think there that there will be some change um the board will obviously do their and due diligence um, they'll be watching everything doing talking to players probably talking to the coaching staff to figure out what exactly is the problem here um, and it's hard as well when a when a, if a coach has lost the players how do you get them back
3: it's very very difficult to to do that and because I'll the respect's out the window now I'll say it again right and and we laugh about it but it's a valid point when the manager who's lost the room when his son is the captain of that team, it's a real complication here, right? Now, the captain isn't playing at the moment. He's, he's injured. He's out for a while. So presumably, he's not around the team as he would have done, been in the past, right? He's not part of that group, certainly on match days as much. He's obviously there amongst the team, you know, and training days, whatever he's doing. But do you think Bernadeschi is as, as vocal... If Michael Bradley isn't hurt and is still captaining that team
1: every single match day? Wouldn't matter if the results are the same. They're getting better results and nobody's saying anything. Yeah. Do you think that's a it? Jimmy, say you're in that position, Bob Bradley, right now, and now you're losing the dressing room and you got the Italians speaking out. What would you do? What is the solution here? I don't I don't know what the end game is. But to go public yeah. like like
3: Burner has, right? To go public against a coach in the media, you know, that's not like a you know, behind closed doors. Keep it in-house, boys. We'll sort this out. Hey Gaff, I want to have a chat with you. Things on. He's gone public.
2: Yeah.
3: It's not a good look.
2: No, it's not. And the thing is to you know, Bob Bob would have saw that after the match. Right? Obviously going back to the hotel and or to the airport, you're looking at it thinking, oh Jesus Christ. What next? Now we have got the players coming out and saying all this, um, but he'll have to, he'll have to pull in Bernadeschi as well and have a chat with him. More or less yeah. saying, why, why did you do this? Why not come sit, sit with me? Maybe they've had these conversations behind closed doors. Maybe they've talked mm-hmm. and it's just got to a boiling point where it's enough's enough and the players want change. So that's, that's the only problem. We're just, we're guessing what's happened, but you know, something's 100% not right when the players start coming out and, and go in public about the situation.
1: If I was Bob Bradley, I'd throw it right back at him. I'd have a meeting and go, okay, what do you suggest we do right now? we got so-and-so out. Oh, these guys are injured. What do you suggest we do? Yeah. Nothing yeah. Nothing wrong with that.
2: No, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and talking to your players because, look, at the end of the day, you've, you've got to understand your players. They've got to, they've got to buy into what you're, what you're preaching so and you've got to get them on your side. You need to have these one on one conversations all the time with the players. And if things aren't working, you've got to adapt to the players. You have to adapt. And yeah, you're asking players to play in different positions. You've got a lot of injuries, but you you need players to step up and perform. And they're they're just not right now. They don't look good at all. You know, and maybe that was a, a bit of a statement too, where you're taking off Bernadeski in the 67th minute, thinking, right, okay taking you off now, and we're going to see if we can get a win and get a result here. And obviously, he takes him off. You could see Bernadeschi was, was pissed off with that because he looks over at the bench with a little cheeky smile and walks off the pitch.
3: Well, the summer's approaching, boys. We're almost here. The European season's finished. I mean, if you want to completely turn a team around and sell players and sign players, the time is approaching. Like we did this time last year. <laughs> it hasn't worked out quite as well as, as hoped, but I guess it depends on how much the ownership and the board put on the injuries, right? That's a question. But I, it, when we sit here next week, let me ask you, is Bob Bradley still coach? Craig?
1: You know, where that club is running, <laughs> I couldn't tell you.
0: that was the craziest approach if people are people are watching you can't watch this but craig was
3: nodding his head and if if there's like a um um, a video of what resignation looks like yes that was it like i don't fucking
2: know it's just frustration i think everybody's just frustrated now aren't they i mean look i love the club i hate seeing it where it is right now um and let's be honest, and I know firsthand that, you know, Bob, Bob Bradley does work his ass off and the coaching staff there. Uh, but things are, they're just not going well for him at the moment.
1: Bring yeah. in Nick Dazovich. Yeah. Nick Dazovich, done some wonders out there. The younger players in Vancouver, just sitting there waiting, pro license, talented guy. Great, great. He's, he's Canadian. I know, that's a problem.
2: Uh Oh, Oh, tell me about it, being Canadian
0: with a pro license. (laughs) There's another guy, not not so far, who's good with young
1: players. (laughs)
3: That's a
2: real DNA of the club.
0: Jumped over Jimmy, eh? He just jumped right over him.
2: (laughs) Fucking looked at me as well when he said it. I know. (laughs) He did. Just over top.
1: (laughs) Well, I I feel for the guys who go out and get their pro licenses, you know, being Canadian and have, being Canadian generally, uh, what it used starts. to be a player, but it's, you know, for coaches, it's, you know, like an anchor on your back. That's why uh, really Nick Dasevich would be better off under Croatian flag. You know, what the, the opportunities that would bring would be greater than having uh, being Canadian international. It's very, very strange, very strange. And they think, Jimmy, you're part of this too. You, you go, you get your pro license, you're going to get some respect for having your pro license and doing that with all the other European players and blah, blah, blah. And in uh, Canada, we, we don't support our own very well here.
3: Luckily, the rest of Canadian soccer is a nice, well-oiled machine. It's just the coaching area that's a bit of a problem right now. So you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, Montreal lost, as mentioned, to New York. Uh, Vancouver beat Seattle 2-0 weekend, yeah. doesn't it Vancouver but that's a big Vancouver. win good for them they're in are in playoff contention they're in the playoff spots good thanks white caps um Jimmy leaves right now as I was about to mention CPL Jimmy come back here he comes all right <laughs> because running back now Ooh, ooh, CPL yeah I thought it was over right, CPL. Jimmy I uh Cavs. Over. Cavs uh beat Ottawa 2-0 uh Valor. sorry, Valor, uh... yeah, sorry, Valor. Yeah, they t- they t- Pacific one-one. Uh, Halifax fell to York three-nil uh, at Halifax uh, Wanderers, I should say. And uh, Forge tied Vancouver nil-nil, or the Forge dominated that one. Uh, observations, Jimmy, from uh, another good weekend of uh, CPL action.
2: Yeah, I thought uh, Cavs Cavs got their first one of the uh, win of the season. They were going into that match with five draws, um, and Ottawa was actually coming off a, a great win the week before. So, you know, they, they'll be d- disappointed with their performance, but the Cavs will be happy because it pushes them up the table. Forge, again, would be disappointed that they didn't pick up three points against Vancouver. Vancouver did well, though, defensively. They were organized, made it difficult for, for Forge to uh, pick up a point but still sit top of the table. Uh, Halifax Wanders, uh, they're not looking the best at the moment. Played six games, still haven't won a match. They've had five draws. They lost to York, York United on weekend there. Was it 3-0 or something? Um, and overall, I thought uh, there were some good performances. And Tommy Wilden Jr., our friend, will be very happy that he got his first win in the season.
3: Yeah, it could have it been more, right? It really was. Yeah. It was uh, it was a good goal. That Escalante goal that was disallowed was was too bad because that would have been an absolute beauty. Yeah. It was that kind of weird one with uh, was it Bevan offside just behind the goalkeeper and the previous uh, breakdown. It was an odd one, but yeah, two nil there. Oh, but the Valor Pacific game, you know, I'm sure they got plans for for a, eventually a soccer specific stadium, but IG Field it's, it's just too cavernous. Yeah, it's way it? too it doesn't sound great. I mean, it's great when, when they hit the crossbar, and there's a few of those in this game. Um, it sounds great. It's like a ping in hockey, but it's because there's no... You, you can't... There's no crowd noise. It's not that the crowd isn't there. It's just it's so a so cavernous stadium that's so spread out. It doesn't feel yeah. like a lot of these stadiums. It, you look is, at the, uh, the it, one.
2: It is a nice stadium.
3: Oh, it's Don't a beautiful be stadium. Wrong, but but it's, it's just too but big.
2: It, Yeah, and it's, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's not downtown. Um, it's a bit difficult to get to. And... You know, even if they do have ten thousand people in there, it looks empty. Mm-hmm. And they do, they've got some good supporters, they've got a good little fan base there, but you're right, they need to be in a smaller stadium. The stadium's just massive. And whether you like it or not, that's it's blue blue bomber stadium. They get big crowds there. They love their their CFL. Um, but they they definitely need a smaller stadium and closer to the, the city center where people can get it, get to it easy.
0: Yeah, fellas what was your sorry craig what was your uh i know i had to split to leave my bag on the my garment <laughs> bag on the side of the road so i had to uh miss the mark noonan interview cpl commissioner um what was your takeaways from that with the york all that kind of stuff where does where is everyone standing with that
3: well york's interested in my jimmy because i mean like Mark says there's some very interested parties,
0: but also on the
3: same interview, you know, he's mentioning how much money these owners are bleeding and have bled so Mm -hmm. far. So they've got to be some very patient owners who who are in it for the right reasons. I don't know who these people are, Jimmy, you know, you're closer to that side of things. Do you know who they are? Do you know where we stand?
2: No, I don't, I don't know who's, who's looking at the team, um, whether they'll keep it at, at York or maybe move them somewhere else. Um, I just think that the way it's run right now needs to be a lot better. They need to bring a, a general manager in or a sporting director who, who can bring in the players. They've had too much turnover. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that they did too was when you, you start a club at the beginning of the year called York 9 or beginning of the league, You know they, they had some good fans. That turned out the fan base was good. They had some good games against Montreal. The supporters section was great. You're starting to grow a brand. And then all of a sudden, you bring somebody in who says, okay, we need a rebrand after year one. So now they changed the name. They changed the color. They've lost the supporters group because they, they were frustrated. So they left. Um, but I think they just need to bring somebody in that that can overlook this club and, and run it properly because it's it's not being run the best at the moment. And, and, and the venue uh, yourself, uh, right? They need, They need someone that's going to come in who actually lives in the city as well.
3: And it's got a connection with the community, with the fans, the city. I just don't know where... I mean, there's talk about Woodbine, right, eventually, putting a stadium there. Um, I mean, right now, where it is, York Lions Stadium, is, it's a campus. There's no bars around there, pubs. You want that kind of feeling, right, to bring fans in. Yeah, I know the subway's right there, which is really handy, but yeah. once you get there, apart from, you know, great pies... Um, get your beer in, <laughs> this food. But yeah. I mean, uh, around the stadium, though, there isn't anything, right? And, and you look at any successful sports team around the stadium, you have something, a community or or just uh, an entertainment area. And right now where they are, it just doesn't seem to work, but I don't know what the solution is. Toronto is a big event city as well, right? And that's part of yeah. what it is. If yeah. you move them to, I don't know, Varsity, Lamport, are you doing any better? I, I don't know.
0: That's a great-looking stadium, though, Varsity. Yep. Location-wise, it's brilliant, oh, yeah. right? But again, yeah. it's
3: just Toronto is Toronto, right?
0: Yeah. It's, 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 we You're say right. we're
3: a great sports city. I don't think we are. We we, we we love the event. We love the majors, the biggest sporting events. Yeah, that's great. But smaller sports, smaller leagues don't generally do
1: too well. Mm. Everybody right. talked about the population, and uh, Mark referred to it as well. Like, this is a massive population. But Look at the Toronto Lynx, how many years they were around and just begging for people to go see them and the same thing. I mean, you know, false ulcery played for them out there at Centennial Park. Okay, there's nothing around. They just could not draw flies. Go back further, the North York Rockets. What a struggle. What a struggle it is. So history is repeating itself in a way that just, unless you set it up in a way that you got yourself a really tight little community, tight stadium with, with everything around it in the perfect scenario, the same thing is going to happen over again. And that's what's happening with York. Yeah. But still, Wonga, if you haven't...
3: Did you get a chance to listen to the interview yet, Wonga? I didn't yet. No, I'm going to okay. listen to it today. It's good interview. Yeah. It was interesting, yeah. It was interesting. Um, basically, Mark Noonan came across as someone who's just kind of sick and tired of being public enemy number one, as the CSB is. Rightly yeah. or wrongly, and you know? I'm not going to put an opinion on that right now, but from his standpoint, he goes, enough's enough. Like We're doing the best we freaking can here, and there's a lot that's not being said or put out there. Um, I think the major point, which we, we spoke about after the interview, was the fact that they have proposed an improved deal to Canada Soccer March the 7th and haven't heard back yet. That
0: When I read that, I was like, oh my God, Canada Soccer, please.
3: Now, between March 7th and now, there's been a complete upheaval at Canada Soccer, but of course. surely picked up the phone and say, okay, we know we, we, we got it. We'll, we'll be in touch. Something. Well, that's your sales team. Why would yeah. you not? So there's, that's the why I question. Set right? up is right is now. there acrimony yeah. between you and Canada Soccer? And he didn't say there was, but mm. clearly there's something going on there. Like Canada if I Canada said to... Happy to put the emphasis, and the tiger yeah. on their back right now.
0: It's just interesting to me because you're literally, these are partners. And if you can't pick up the phone and talk to your partner, even about the upheaval, about hey, let's have a united stance on our communication, on how we're going to approach the media, how we're going to be seen, and when you when I read that uh, on Twitter from you, Sharms, I was just like, wow, that's sorry, it was our FP account, but it was Sharms. Um, it was it was quite. Re- there's a level of revealing and things that aren't said, right? And he actually said it too, so there's a couple things going on there
3: yeah fun times like i said fun times to be working in canadian soccer uh, this week by the way canadian semi semifinals montreal forge on wednesday 7 p.m and uh, pacific vancouver 10 p.m on wednesday so uh, it's a big week for canadian soccer and that's been a really solid tournament so far thoroughly enjoyed it so make sure you watch those matches you can catch those matches course, on fubo tv and one soccer
0: all right, boys. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to get to or shall we? Uh, absolutely. No, there's one last thing. I want everybody to go to chickenonaraft.com. <laughs> it is our friend, our friend and colleague JC's link that he sent us this morning instead of the uh, platform link. He sent us both. So chicken on a raft. Well, here's the thing. It's a long weekend, and I thought, why not bring some levity by putting in a funny link? So everyone, please go to chickenonaraft.whatever.com. And check it out and see how long you can last. Chicken on you, a wrap. Uh, JC, is it yours or did you just find it? No, I found that like 10 years ago. Someone sent it oh, to me you? and I, yeah, and it just, it just sticks on my, like at the bottom of your browser, a top of your browser, it has like your, your uh, bookmarks and it's been there for over 10 years. So I'm like, oh, let's do this. And actually, if you go back and look at that email that I sent you, there's some other little tidbits in there too. And so uh, that doesn't right apply now. to anyone listening. So, <laughs> hey, Wonger. Yeah. So good. Yeah.
1: How long did you, how far did you drive before you knew that you've left your before bag on the sidewalk? Four and a half hours, Craig. I, <laughs> I noticed <laughs> when I said to my daughters, I go, Did you
0: guys bring my bag in? And they're like, No. Oh, you blaming the daughters, Dad. And I'm like, It's on the sidewalk. Is There's there- a really well dressed or actually averagely dressed uh, person walking around with my bag and someone's got, got my... like four,
3: four plaid red shirts right
0: yeah and they're <laughs> and they're snorting snorting my uh, cholesterol
1: medicine right now
0: <laughs>
1: Walker was texting me but, uh, yeah I uh, left my bag on the side and you know, I don't know what I'm doing and don't know what's next what am I doing
3: I go it's okay Someone had a great long weekend. They got a whole new wardrobe, a CPAP machine, and some uh, cholesterol medication. So, hey, party on, everyone. Party on. All right, we're back on uh, Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Enjoy the long weekend. Keep buying newspapers back.
1: Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Hope the gout's not acting up.
0: <laughs> no, I'm <no>, kidding. <laughs> <laughs>